All right, without further ado. Chris Ann Hall received her bachelor's degree in biochemistry from Blackburn College. And her Juris Doctor from the University of Florida. She served in the U.S. Army as a military intelligence cryptologic linguist. She was a prosecutor for the state of Florida for nearly a decade. Chris Ann also worked with a prominent national First Amendment law firm where she traveled the country defending Americans whose rights were violated by unlawful arrests and prosecutions. She has written six books on American history and the U.S. Constitution. Chris Ann is a regular consultant on numerous radio, podcasts, and television programs. Without further ado, Chris Ann Hall! Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. For those of you who are with us, welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Show. And I am not Chris Ann Hall, and she is on her way back as we speak, but she's on a plane, so um, not able to not able to plug her in uh, on the show. Uh, while we're live at the moment, <clears throat> well, it looks like YouTube is officially not sending out notices. So I did not get a notice. I'm the one broadcasting and did not get a notice. So there you have it. YouTube is, um, YouTube has been throttling us for the last several weeks now the notifications have turned off so i don't know we always think the deplatforming must be right around the corner um ah just showed up finally we are uh what five minutes into the show and notice is going out my notice just came through so uh, I think maybe we had to go through the AI cause, cause we had the word bombs in the title, Biden's bombs, Biden's borders and bombs. Um, so maybe, uh, maybe the AI, the AI is a snowflake, so it had to recover maybe seeing, uh, seeing the word bombs. We probably freaked it out. So the AI had to go take its pills, had to grab its coloring book. And go color for a few minutes, and once it once it had calmed down at seeing the word bomb, then it decided it could send notices. Um, so now it's probably going back to take a nap and enroll in some uh, <clears throat> gender studies classes. Perhaps it's it's interesting when you think about uh, you know who who created, who creates the AI, how, how the AI is, is developing, you know, getting input from all the loons and snowflake snowflakes. So what kind of personality is, is the AI going to have? I don't know if you guys remember the story. They had the, they had the, uh, the bot, the AI bot that was on Twitter. 
and uh, it, it was it was uh, becoming abusive and I think using racist language and some sort of neo-Nazi uh, stuff going on because because that's all that was <laughs> that's what was going into it. You know, it was learning from the input. Uh, so on Twitter, the Twitter AI was turned into a racist neo-Nazi. So it's pretty interesting. You know, so you, you have the leftist snowflakes <clears throat> and Looney Tunes um, creating the AI. So imagine, imagine what that, imagine what that's going to be. I mean, so you have the AI soaking up input that, that says Trump supporters and conservatives and constitutionalists should be assassinated with drones. So then how, how comfortable does that make you feel when, you know, like Terminator, suddenly the AI is in charge uh, of the weapons, America's weapons system? Because, you know, there's a debate right now. They don't even want Biden in control of America's weapons systems. And uh, I, I don't uh, I don't know that I blame them. But then who does that put in charge? Is, does that mean that, I mean, you know, they want Kamala, uh, Kamala in charge, but, but do they really? I mean, is ultimately, does that just, they just put it on the AI and the AI is in charge. And now the AI has learned that um, conservatives and constitutionalists are a plague on the planet. And, and uh, it has to send out a nuclear strike, the tactical nukes or, or some drone or sidewinder missile. Uh, so if you happen to be walking down the street with a red hat on your head, uh, don't be surprised, you know, in a few years when a sidewinder missile flies into your ear. Uh, just saying, right? Skynet, uh, Terminator, anyone? Who, who, has, who has not seen the Terminator movies? This is probably an easier question than who's seen it, but who has not watched the Terminator movies? which is pretty well, you know, the premise is the AI and the machines, the rise of the machines, the AI, uh, like mean, like the premise in many, many movies, war games, I mean, many you can name. The AI decides that humanity is the threat and humanity is, is the one that has to be taken out. So the AI and the machines, you know, it's called Skynet in the Terminator movies. And so Skynet decides it's humans that need to be eradicated. Uh, you know, and I suppose looking, you know, looking out on, uh, yeah, Dark Angel, what a great show, uh, looking out on the landscape of humanity. I mean, if you're an AI and it's just sort of the pure unemotional logic, uh, maybe it would be a reasonable conclusion to come to, uh, that, that, you know, humanity is the plague that needs to be wiped out given, given the input uh, in what you're taking in, you know, because this is what I, this is what I discovered, uh, what I've discovered off and on. Um, when you, when you unplug from, from internet, from media news, that sort of thing, when you unplug from all of this stuff. It is amazing how peaceful your world becomes. I mean, it's just, 
you, you, you can find that things are nice where you are. They're peaceful. Uh, people are mostly nice, mostly reasonable. But it's when you plug into the whole stream of digital information coming at you that just the world is chaos. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a feedback loop because I think that digital stream of, of, of poison, uh, I believe, sparks the chaos, sparks the unrest, creates the lack of peace where you might be. So I, I, I would suggest this. The, uh, you know, the level of the chaos and unrest and hostility and poison in your immediate area is probably a function of the level of the digital poison pouring into, or, or let's say how many people in that area are plugged into the digital poison being put out every day. I mean, I, I truly believe that <clears throat> the, the mainstream media, the digital press and entertainment uh, is, uh, is created to feed this, is created to stir up the division, stir up the chaos, um, I, 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 I think, uh, it'd probably be, I don't know. I'm willing to say that if the internet just suddenly went down and, and satellites, you know, so just imagine suddenly the digital world could not transmit. So there's no more mainstream news going out, you know, none of that stuff, uh, you might find a suddenly peaceful world. You might suddenly have peace. People might be able to get along with each other uh, and then be less nasty. I'm just suggesting that might be, that might be a possibility. I'm not sure, but uh, sure seems like all, uh, all of what you see feeds this, feeds this nonsense. And I tell you when I'm unplugged every now and again, I, I take a week long media fast. So I, I listen to nothing. I make sure I don't know what's going on. I don't listen to the news. Uh, I, I unplug from from everything. No, I don't surf the web. Uh, I don't get on Facebook, social media, anything like that. Uh, so I, I take a week because of what we do. You know, we're saturated in this stuff nonstop. So uh, throughout the year, from time to time, like you guys see me disappear sometimes off the show, and it's just. It's just Chris Ann on the show. Um, I may be on my week weeks long, sometimes just a few days or whatever. Sometimes I just need it and I just have to take a couple of days. Uh, but I could be on my my media fast. You never know. I, I don't you, you you can't really you can't really convince Chris Ann to to do that. Um, and of course, there's so many attachments that uh, and stuff coming at her that just piles up if she were to unplug for seven straight days, it'd probably be a total mess trying to climb the mountain when she plugged back in. Um, so she just has to take a few hours here, a few hours there, a day here, a day there, but I'll take a week, man. I'll take a week media fast. And it's amazing. It's amazing how peaceful the world is and what that does for your spirit. You know, uh, if you're, you're a person of faith, man, you can, you can get along and, uh, get in the word and get connected with God and, um, you know, be in prayer and meditation. Just, you know, it's an amazing thing. 
it 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 help it helps you. It helps me. I I absolutely need it because I'm kind of a hothead and I can be a real jerk. Um, and so you know, uh, I need it. And I'm not degrading myself by saying I'm a jerk. I'm just giving warning. You know that snowflakes beware. I can be a real jerk. And um, the 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 problem is usually I enjoy it. And so you get to that level where you, if, if you get to that moment, at least for me, you get to that place where you kind of are enjoying being a jerk too much, then yeah, I have to take that fast again, get that media fast and a people fast. Oh my goodness. I need a, I, I need a people fast. I think more often than I need a media fast. I don't know. Are those one in the same thing? I'm not really sure. Maybe it's a combination of that. Maybe if I'm off the media, then I'll be able to tolerate people a little more. But anyway, that's just me. I don't know how many of you are like that. It's okay. You know, you, you gotta, you gotta be you and, uh, Hey, your friends and, and your God will help you with that. So just is what it is. Well, I want to share a few things with you today, give you an update now now that we've gotten that out of the way. I don't even know what that was, but just a little, you know, um, random, random, uh, I don't even know. Anyway, just me talking. Uh, But I guess the point was the influence of the media. So first topic of the show, the influence, the negative influence on media. Uh, on society and your personal mental well-being. There you go. That was the topic of the first 15 minutes of the show. So let's check out what's what's in the news. A couple of things in the news. Uh, I like uh, I like foreign policy. Uh, I find foreign policy fascinating. Uh, more more interesting. Where is my where is my mouse? How do I get to this other? Here we go. I'm at the other screen. I have the screen set up in a different arrangement. Isn't it weird? I unplug, plug back in there, different place. And where I used to go, go sideways to another screen, now I have to go down and, I don't know, chase and search for the screen like a freaking maze. I hate the. Well, I hate when commu- computers just decide, you know, like they don't like, they don't like how things have been operating. You know, the computer gets bored. I think I'll just change some stuff. I mean, it doesn't matter that JC is the one using it and the computer is a tool. Like the computer just wakes up and decides it's in charge and decides to do, you know, different stuff today than it did yesterday. See, this is why I need those fasting times because I want to go down the hallway and get my baseball bat and smack this computer screen right in the face for deciding to do stuff that I didn't tell it to do. I don't know if any of you guys are like that either. So anywhere, where was I? So I, I, I enjoy foreign policy. And the thing about the thing about foreign policy is you can look around at what's going on, what what America's doing abroad and what what the general um, general happenings are around the globe and get a glimpse of of what the globalist cabal is up to and, and you know how it all how it all is working. And so it seems like things are getting back. Uh, <laughs> time for a break. No, it's, it's just this just me every day. Um, so see, I'm I, I usually don't I don't get to say as much when Chris Ann is here. So you guys you guys don't know these little idiosyncrasies, man. That 
just these pet peeves that drive me nuts. I one of my pet peeves is inanimate objects thinking they are in charge. I I hate that. You, you know, uh, going to like the gas station. You go to get gas. You want to fill up the gas. I'm punching thing, and it's asking me 37 different questions. I didn't come here for a conversation with the gas pump. I came here for fuel. Like it, it so annoys me. I don't know who puts these things together. And it's all all these questions that you you have to answer. Same thing at the ATM. You, I'm I just want to withdraw money. Like boom, code amount. Yes, give me my money. Would you like English? Would you like this? Do you you know is is your dad okay? How's the kids? Just all that. Come on, what are you doing? I, I so I hate. I hate the interaction with machines that waste my time and and then and and just start taking over and taking charge and changing things. My freaking phone can't stay the way I put it. You know, some somebody in India is always sending an update and they don't like the way my phone has been working. So they decide in Bangladesh that it needs to be changed uh, here. Um, my watch, you know, have one of these smart watches or whatever. And so my watch can't stay the same. I got to get a new look, uh, you know, because again, somebody in India decides that, um, you know, I, I would like my watch to work a better way. So I hate that whole phenomenon. I hate interacting with machines. And then when, when they're not like, just stay like I put you, I didn't tell you to do anything else. I didn't tell you to change. Got these smart TVs now. Every time we come home, it's a different it's a different thing. They've updated something, and now I got to learn a new way to operate my TV. I mean, stuff drives me nuts. It's irritating. It's irritating. And the people are like, "Oh, well, you're just you know, you're an old fogey. You don't like you don't like technology." I like technology, but technology is supposed to be a tool that works for me, not me working for the technology. I got to put in labor, right? All of a sudden, I'm going to class. Every day I come home because I got to learn. It's a new class. Hey, JC, welcome home. Uh, you have a new phone today. You have a new TV today. Let's go to class. Learn how to use your phone today because it's not the same as it was yesterday. Oh, really? I don't think I put in a request for anybody to change my phone. It was working just fine. So anyway, this stuff drives me nuts. So just that whole thing. It's 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 so stinking annoying. Yeah, so that's one of my rants, one of my pet peeves, man. I don't know if you guys are aware, are, are, are there. So, yeah, all this smart appliance yeah, and we don't have. So it, it, it's one of those Wi-Fi Internet TVs. I don't know of anything else. I'm looking around. I, there's no other smart thing. But like you want a TV just to connect to the Internet and you got to have all this all this crap and this garbage. So now they can, you know, spy on you in your house and all this all this junk. But, you know, we're already there and whatever they want to hear. Come on. they Like we you know, they could ship me like you could have a speaker with NSA written on it and sh just ship it. I'll put it right in the living room so these idiots can learn something. I don't care what they hear. You know what I mean? So they need to hear this stuff. Anyway, so what's going on today? Foreign policy, foreign policy. Think about foreign policy. So you can you see the script, you see what the cabal is doing. So I, I look around. I look around now. I mean, what was it? The day after Biden gets into office, we already have some bombing. There was a bombing in Saudi Arabia. Somebody blew something up here, attacked a base in Afghanistan. You know, I mean, immediately the places where nothing was happening, all of a sudden stuff 
was blowing up. So so they got their they got their puppets back in there, and uh, you know the warmongers that want to want to drive the war machine. So so it's interesting. Just uh, just a few weeks ago, um, just a few weeks ago, or or last week. Biden, uh, Biden bombs, Biden drops some bombs in, uh, in Syria. I'm going fig- to figure this stinking mouse out before the show is over. Uh, Biden drops bombs in Syria. And now what, what was, what's hilarious is that Biden was saying, uh, the Syria strikes would, would deescalate. Uh, tensions in the region. Uh, newsflash: They have no desire to de-escalate uh, tensions in the region. This is all part of the script. They want to escalate tensions in the region. Uh, the neocon warmongers have to get the money machine cranked back up again uh, because it was, you know, slowing down under President. Trump. Of all the criticism, you know, you could come up with all sorts of criticism about the Trump uh, regime, uh, but but the interesting thing was how he was being a thorn in the side to the military-industrial complex. Uh, the just as an example, the the Korea thing. So the North Korea, they were focused, they're fixated on. Trump's tone and his speech and all, oh, well, he's a warmonger because he, you know, he's all talking tough in North Korea. Uh, but but the whole tough talk was was the push to bring the North Korean leader to the negotiating table and try to start working toward peace in this region. This is a big, big no no uh, for the military industrial complex. The, the whole the, the whole script, the whole scheme to run up in you know, run up in Korea, create the DMZ for a pet perpetual war footing in this massive military spending machine in South Korea. So the the idea of peace, the potential for peace in North Korea uh, is is a huge, huge no, no for the cabal. So that's what they're really they were really upset about, uh, that somehow this this might have the possibility uh, of leading to potential peace. And that's uh, that's uh, that's not a good thing. So there were several several places like that. Trump came in. This not. I'm not. I'm. I'm this is not a you know, uh, Trump lift up Trump kind of thing. I'm just making a point here about the reactions when Trump came in and he started criticizing NATO because uh, you think of NATO set up for the Soviet Union. Uh, newsflash: Soviet Union no longer exists. So one of the on about day one, President Trump starts talking about the, uh, you know, that NATO has outlived its purpose. It needs to be re- rearranged and we need to stop paying so much money to NATO. If somebody else wants to pay for it, let them pay for it. All this all this kind of talk. This this is the day that the Never Trump movement uh, started. And, uh, you know, because because of that particular uh He's poking the military industrial complex uh, on that thing. And so they want to keep they want to keep the ball rolling. And so uh, just fascinating to to see all this going on again. So it was so it was interesting. It was just interesting because the 
the warmongers have invested a lot. Like they, they have built their structure in a way that, that focuses on the middle East. And so this is a, this was a real problem, you know, cause you could say, well, maybe, maybe Trump wanted to shift the war to China or whatever. Cause that is, that is the scene. That's a part of the theater that we're in now. That's the part of the script we're in now where China is plays the bad guy so we move from soviet union to the middle east and we're supposed to move to china part of the script so who knows in that regard you know yeah maybe trump was in on it too and so he's trying to move over to the new script and maybe you have competing camps within within the war machine uh that they don't want to leave the middle east they don't want to they don't want that the curtain to close on that scene uh because they're heavily invested in that one of the things they figured out I, I should have pulled I should have pulled this stuff up. Maybe we'll talk about this some other day, but you can research this. Uh, one of the things that happened, and this really was was where it was in the beginning. Um, the uh, what's going on in Afghanistan is basically drug war 2.0. So they move the war on drugs to Afghanistan. If you if you research what's going on now, um it's it's basically a drug war, so it's really not a war on terror. Um, it, it it really actually never was. Uh, it, it had to do with opium and and heroin and and the drug war. So we've we've dropped I think eight billion dollars. Um, I just posted some on Facebook not too not too many days ago, but you it was um just a a uh, I think it's Pentagon or some maybe some watchdog report about the finances of Afghanistan and a huge part of the spending uh, is on counter narcotics in Afghanistan. And uh, if interesting thing, so way back, uh, way back when, after, uh, after world war two, the OSS and then CIA basically, you know, set up shop in the South Pacific um, controlling the heroin trade in the opium fields, uh, and, and, and then eventually moved into Afghanistan. The Taliban actually outlawed the opium trade in 2000, 2000, the year 2000, you know, right before 9-11, the year before 9-11. So the previous year, the uh, Taliban outlawed opium trade in Afghanistan and pretty much shut it down. It came to a screeching halt. And there was promise of aid and uh, various uh, help from United Nations and uh, certain other American-led groups. And those groups reneged on the aid Um and then next thing you know, it's 9-11 and we have to go to Afghanistan and we're fighting the war on drugs in Afghanistan and and now have been ever since. It's been the longest war in American history and it's been a war on drugs ever since 2001, the year after the Taliban uh, banned us. So the CIA was you know in charge of the drugs, Taliban bans the drugs, we go to war and uh, to fight the drugs. So, yeah. Okay. But, er, terrorism. Yeah. <clears throat> you may need some 
I don't know, something sweet to help you swallow that. But so Biden, Biden is back in there. Now things are getting sort of back on back to the normal script, sort of Middle East script. And uh, they're always, you know, this always described as bombings for peace, right? The reason why we're bombing places is is because uh, it's going to de-escalate tensions. We're going to drone, you know, think back to the Yemen drone strikes. Uh, there, there's really, there's practically no, no substantial presence of Al Qaeda. You know, maybe like a hundred, hundred members Al Qaeda in Yemen. And uh, we say, well, you know, we have to we, we have to start launching drone strikes to bring about peace in Yemen uh, with whom we are not at war, nor had we declared war. And uh, all of a sudden, the uh, Al Qaeda movement blossoms in Yemen where there wasn't any before after we you know, after the bombings were necessary to deescalate tension. So same thing here. Same story. We have to bomb Syria again to de-escalate tensions. Why? Because the story is Iraq, our Iranian backed militias um, are, are bombing oil fields in Syria. Uh, now remember uh, Iran, you know, Iran that this administration decides are, are, you know, there's nothing to see here. We need to start giving them money again and, uh, and, and funding Iran and supporting Iran. And cheerleading for Iran, um, while while at the same time saying Iran is uh, blowing up oil fields in Syria, and therefore we have to bomb Iranian-backed militias. I mean, you see how convoluted this is. But we're supposed to swallow all this, and 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 most people, you know, most people are swallowing it. So out of one side of their mouth. You know, Iran's the good guys, the other side of the mouth, Iran's the bad guys. Wh- which one are we supposed to believe? Um, we have a we have a nuclear treaty with them so that they don't get nuclear weapons now. Uh, and, and then Trump says, no, no, we need to get out of this because you're just you're just then funding them and sending them money while they build nuclear weapons and they're lying to you and not letting you inspect. So Trump says, let's get out of the treaty. They canceled the treaty uh, agreement, whatever you want to call it. And now this administration says, well, we need we need to start it up again so that we can prevent them from getting nuclear weapons. Um, and and so once they let us in there and let us have inspections, then we will get back in this treaty and drop the sanctions. Iran says, no, we're not we're not going to let you inspect anything. You have to drop the uh, drop the sanctions first or or we'll blow stuff up and oh by the way here's a bomb for your oil fields oh wow you bombed our oil fields okay we'll bomb something too uh so we can de-escalate tensions and then apparently the same militias uh as you can see in the picture here decide to bomb uh a base in uh in iraq an iraqi base uh in response to the bombings in Syria. And one guy had a heart attack during the bombing. So, you know, that's not good. And, uh, you know, Business Insider has to talk about the Iran deal and how, uh, you know, all that didn't work. 
So what's going on here? Here's the deal. It's just the script. So everything's back to normal. Everything's working as usual. Uh, the war machine is starting to make money again because these are good guys. Uh, no, wait a minute. They're bad guys. Uh, they're bombing stuff over here. So we need to bomb them and that'll calm things down. And they say, no, that doesn't calm things down. We're going to bomb you back. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> they're, they're not cooperating. Looks like we're going to have to bomb them again. Guess we're going to have to send more troops. We might need to build more weapons. We might need to buy more weapons. We might need to drop more bombs, send boats, ships, sailors, Marines, soldiers, Air Force, planes. Let's get this thing cranked up. So uh, everything is running according to plan. Just wanted to let you know that and um, make sure, you know, you, you weren't disturbed that somehow the cabal uh, had uh, left the business of making war. And interesting, here's, here's an article. Here's an article that, you know, for any of you interested in foreign policy and how, how this stuff works, how the, how the cabal <clears throat> uses the CFR to issue its orders about what the defense uh, military industrial complex should or shouldn't do. So we have the uh, Undersecretary Defense for Policy is this guy, Colin Call. Now, this is you hear the term undersecretary. Oh, it must not. This is not a very important person. Uh, on the contrary, the USDP, the Undersecretary Defense for Policy, uh, is the guy that formulates policy for homeland defense non-proliferation and arms control, regional policies for areas covered by combat commands, reviewing war plans, regularly attending interagency meetings as a top representative from the Department of Defense and handling bilateral relationships with the allies. So uh, this guy, in case you were unaware of this, because people think, oh, Secretary of Defense, you know, and the guy at the top and all this sort of stuff. This is probably the most important individual in regards to foreign policy at the Department of Defense. And it's called Undersecretary of Defense for Policy. This is the guy uh, who really gives the thumbs up to uh, the policy strategies for homeland defense and uh, and the, 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 this, this uh, foreign engagement and uh, command policy and all these sort of things. So this is an important... A very important position, and so these guys are usually CFR, you know, CFR trainees. Uh, Council on Foreign Relations likes to groom all these folks. Council on Foreign Relations is like the you know the premier um, foreign policy think tank that the American government looks to. Uh, has a long and interesting history. If any of you want to look into that. But uh, a lot of these guys work through work through the ranks there and, um, you know, get groomed by by that group. So he gives his uh, he's given his insights and views on Iran, the nuclear deal. So he is he is a uh, he is a proponent of the nuclear deal to bring Iran uh, back in and be pals with Iran again. And um, 
uh, get them back, get them back on the nuclear deal so they can develop nuclear power, but we can ostensibly ensure that they don't turn that into weapons, right? <laughs> Good luck with that, which that's not their agenda. That's, that's the pretense. Um, they, they want more threats, right? The plan, the, the, the goal is more threats. It's more threats. And, uh, so what think tank, just wondering what, yeah, what think tank he belongs to. Yeah. Imagine that. Uh, so absolutely essential prevent Iran from ever acquiring nuclear weapon. Essential. We prioritize protection of our forces. We have to remain vigilant against the other threats Iran poses. So again, they talk out of both sides of their mouth, all this threat to Iran, but yet we need to, we need to buddy up with Iran and, you know, we, we can do it all at the same time. They can be good guys and bad guys, and uh, and it'll just all work out. Um, now, a big big debate in the military-industrial complex is this updating of our nuclear arsenal, the Minutemen Three. They want to update to the GBS uh, GBSD ground-based strategic deterrent program. Uh, progressive Democrats are opposed to that, so there's indication this guy might be opposed to updating the um uh the missiles there and this this uh defense news article says uh, he the undersecretary of defense broadly showed support for the nuclear triad saying there is nothing more important to our national survival and that the triad has been a bedrock of deterrence and stability for many decades so what what is the nuclear triad this just might be interesting to you folks so what is the nuclear triad? It's America's nuclear arsenal. The triad refers to land, sea, and air, the three legs of U.S. nuclear triad. So land, more than 10,000 people uh, provide up 400 on alert combat ready LGM-30G Minutemen 3 ICBMs in hardened silos across five states. So that's our Minutemen 3 ICBMs, land base. Uh, and that's the ones that they are debating about upgrading or not. So you'll they they like to keep this stuff hush hush, but uh there this this weighs on a lot of if if you don't understand what's going on with the manipulation of foreign policy through the war machine then there, there are some actions and reactions that you see between these politicians that you, you won't understand what's going on. If, if you understand the big picture of the globalist cabal war machine and how they use war to fill their coffers and to dominate uh, nations, then you really don't understand sometimes the reaction. Um, that you see that that looks kind of crazy. Like you look at these people and you see them, you see things and they're like, oh, this these people are crazy. Why are they reacting like that? A lot of it will have to do with the globalist policy of the warmongers. And then number two from the sea, the ballistic missile submarines, um, 14 Ohio class ballistic missile submarines and the uh, Columbia class will begin to replace the Ohio class in the 2030s. So 
14 of those subs that can fire anywhere undetected at any time. And then from the air, 46 nuclear capable B-52H Strato Fortress and 20 B-2A Spirit aircraft uh, carrying more nuclear weapons. So this is a big debate going on right now, which means money, 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 honey. So they want more of your taxes. They want to upgrade the machine. They want to keep the machine rocking. So I predict more and more foreign conflicts will arise over the next few years. I'm, I'm going to prophesy right now that more and more conflicts will arise over the next couple of years. Things will heat up in a number of places. And it's quite possible you'll start hearing a discussion about nuclear threats and some sort of madman. This guy's a madman. And, uh, you know, this, this demonstrates our need for the, um, you know, most advanced nuclear arsenal. You'll probably hear conversations about some secret weapon that Putin has come up with um, because that's the script. That's the script. Warmongers need to make money. And so they're going to start pumping out reasons for you to be supporting this. Uh, once I stumbled across this, the whole discussion about who controls the nuclear arsenal, um, you know, started to make a little more sense why, why that was suddenly a conversation. So there's a huge program uh, that they want, that they want paid for to, to replace all of our Minutemen 3 articles uh, our Minutemen three uh, missiles in our uh, arsenal. What's happening? All right, I'm flashing back and forth on the screen. I'm going to get rid of that. And uh, not sure if you guys can see that or not. So we'll just leave that alone, wrapped it up. I don't know if you've seen, but there's a, another crisis brewing at the border. This is another another part of the script. Uh, so weaken the border and, and stir up controversy about the border. So apparently um, over 10,000 immigrants, aliens, border crossers, 10,000 showing up at the border, um, many crossing illegally, and everybody's freaking out because they're not getting COVID shots. They're getting on buses, and these non-COVID tested uh, illegal immigrants are then just traveling to cities around the country. President Trump stopped the catch and release program and was saying that they, they need to wait on the other side of the border while their immigration status is being processed. Uh, now that's that uh, they've enacted the catch and release program again. So they're trying to figure out how to take 10 to 20,000 illegal immigrants and, you know, give them papers and say, OK, when you get a chance, show up to court um, if you want to. Uh, otherwise, have a nice day. Enjoy America. And uh, apparently Arizona, uh, some towns in Arizona are now being flooded and inundated again. And uh, so that's what's going on. Border is going. Uh, border controversy happening again. And immigrants pouring back into 
this, the uh, cities, again, much like they did under the Obama administration. This happened in 2019 um, when we hit the flood. 20,000 immigrants poured over the border and got dispersed into cities all over America in 2019. And then uh, Trump said, oh, my goodness, we have to stop this. And that's when he stopped the catch and release in 2020. And so now they have started it up again. So in addition to the 20,000 that got dispersed throughout the land in 2019, um, now we're back. There's there's 10, 15, another 20,000 at the border again that are going to be that that are at this very moment being put on buses and uh, dispersed around the country. Biden's come up with a plan to take the kids, he says. And this is this is pretty crazy. Um, you know, some things, some things you talk about will get you immediately deplatformed. So we don't go into a lot of detail. There are a lot of other people talking a lot about it, but um, just, you know, just so you're aware, uh, Biden's plan is to take all the kids, all the kids crossing the border, and now they want to put them on buses and haul them to be held at a military base in Virginia. So just so you're aware of that, that's Biden's plan for the kiddies. I don't know how many of those will be sitting on his lap. He likes when kids sit on his lap. Uh, but 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 that's the news that uh, he wants to take them and and uh, hold them at a military base in Virginia. All the kids. So, you know, that's what's going on with the border. And with the bombs that Biden's dropping in Syria so that we can get some action started up again and uh, McDonnell Douglas and everybody else can um, start making money again. All right. So good days. Good days for the globalist war machine. Happy days are here again. They'll be buying new yachts and mansions and private jets and enjoying vacations at their exclusive resorts on the backs of the taxpayers while happily killing people in foreign lands. So happy times, happy times. All right, guys, we will see you on Monday. Everybody have a fantastic weekend. I'm going to go probably take a nap. See you. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power. And we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach.
unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged. One person will stand up upon a single person. And then everybody else will stand. A gym member surrounded by a crowd of supporters was placed in handcuffs. A Tampa Bay pastor has been arrested, sentenced to a week in she jail. She also and tore up a cease and desist letter. We have a posterity waiting for us to say, we will not comply so you will be free. We have a chance to fight without bloodshed. But every time we comply, we establish a future where our children will not have that option. Why do we sit down when all should be standing? And why do we 